All right, so we have a wonderful interview. It's Pastor Jake and his awesome brother, Gino, down in Medford. So sit back and enjoy this awesome interview and interaction between two brothers. And at the end, you can text Jake and tell him which one is better. I think that'd be a good thing. So let's just enjoy this, and I'll see you guys after. Bye. everybody. How's it going? Welcome to Joy Church Online. Pastor Jake here, and I'm here with a much cooler, more handsome version of myself, the future iteration, my younger brother, Gino. How's it going, Gino? Hey, I'm doing good. I, I don't know about those compliments, but uh, I'll take them. I can use all the encouragement I can get. So That's awesome. Well, as your older brother, I definitely have poured probably way too much abuse. And so I need to do penance uh, for probably like the next at least 15, 20 years of complimenting you for all the abuse that I put you through as a, uh, as a younger brother, right? That's what my psychiatrist said, but um, I don't know. He's a little odd anyway, so. <laughs> nice. Uh, so guys, we're so excited to be together. And I asked Gino to, to come and be a part of this call. We are in a series, as you know, called Beyond Survival, where we're talking about learning to connect with that thriving life in God, uh, the life that Jesus talks about in John 10, chapter 10, or John chapter 10, verse 10, where he says, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life to the full, that life more abundantly. So we're talking about moving beyond survival, even in the midst of crisis, even in the midst of circumstances. I know that the world is, is weird right now. Everything is different. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of complexity and confusion. And so we're just leaning in to learn how to like really thrive in God and really thrive in our relationship with Jesus. So welcome everybody. And I am so honored to get to interview and hang out with my younger brother. Uh, as I said, much cooler. Uh, and his name is Gino. He's the full out Italian of our family, right? Gene, just own it, wear it. I got it. Yep. You can send me any good pasta you want. I like it. Come on. Uh, except for I have to be there, right? To make sure that it's not poisoned. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right. You need it. So Gino and his wife, Allie, uh, they are the directors of the Zoe internship in Medford at Joy Medford. So at our, our mothership church, and uh, they have been leading that for how many years, Gene? Yeah, we just finished our fourth year, which uh, Jake and Bethany, Pastor Jake and Bethany led it for, I think, 10 years, nine or 10 years. So um, we're in a, we have a long time to go before it beats their record, but we have four years under our belt. We love it. That's awesome. That's a, it's, it's such a wonderful thing. So with Zoe interns, what these guys do and what Bethany and I did is, is really doing uh, spiritual formation, character development, teaching and training of young people that want to dedicate their life to the Lord and grow. And it's just a wonderful, amazing ministry. And Gino and Ali have taken it to a higher, much higher level than anything we ever did. And they're just doing a great job. But Gino is also a really impressive guy. So a lot of people don't know this, but I actually used to work for Gino. You remember this, Gene? I do. Yes, that was the, the best days of his life, right? Yeah. Oh, man, the, pow the power shift. It was, it was great now. Just teasing. Yeah. But uh, Gino, uh, uh, apart from just doing ministry and things, Gino has done a lot of different things. He actually owned his own business called Simple Story Productions, a marketing company. They did TV commercials, Facebook ads, went all over. And I worked for Gino as a freelance audio guy doing work on audio and stuff like that. And, uh, and then Gino also managed a string of restaurants, right? How many restaurants were you, were you managing? Yeah, I think it was, I think it was four. I started as a dishwasher and was a host and, and, uh, my boss was really patient and gracious. I probably shouldn't have been was really young, but it was four restaurants, which is wild at, I think like 19 years old or something. Pretty amazing. So I remember, I remember Gino 
like getting up and getting all dressed, you know, as a businessman at 19 years old to go manage his, his restaurants and uh, pretty impressive. So uh, that's awesome. But uh, enough of good things about you, Gino. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I really respect Gino. And, and the reason I asked him to come today is because Gino has really always had a commitment to being a holistically healthy person. And I, I would say I really honor and respect him for his example to me and other people of really not letting <clears throat> things that, that are, um, that we could get distracted with and pulled away, whether that's business or ministry or anything where there's this kind of pursuit for greatness, you know, and, and if you guys know me or, you know, our, uh, sister Natalie or brother Johnny, like the, I would say Gino has kept us like centered a little bit in the four of us, uh, kids. We all are like high performers and doing stuff, but Gino will kind of be that one at the table that says, Hey guys, have you thought about it from this perspective? maybe we should be a little bit more rounded and balanced, you know, and, and I've always respected that. Even when I disagreed with it, I respected it. And uh, in all seriousness, though, this, the, you know, a commitment to really be centered spiritually, to be holistically healthy. And so Gino and I today are going to talk about um, moving beyond survival in our spirituality and being holistically healthy, even in the midst of crisis, how to thrive in this way. So Gino, without further ado, I want to start asking you some questions and, and unpacking uh, some of the, the wise thoughts and, and, and value that you want to bring today. Um, yeah, thanks for being with us. So why does being spiritually healthy matter? Why is that something that, that we should value and pursue in life? Yeah, well, I think, you know, it's so, so important to realize that um, body, soul, and spirit, part of us, there's a spiritual um, invisible part of us. I'm not, I'm not just a body. I'm not just my emotions. And so if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna be, um, alive, I need to be alive in every area. Um, you know, when someone has, I think it's a, a stroke, part of their body will get paralyzed and it's, it's not ideal. It's not what they want. They're limited because half of them's healthy and the other half isn't. And so, um, for me, I, I want to be fully alive. I want to be fully reflecting um, the man Christ Jesus and Jesus was a man right he's God but he became a man he had flesh he lived in practical real life but then he had this amazing connection with his father father God his, the spiritual element the supernatural element was fully prevalent in his life and and that's what I'm trying to be as a follower of Christ I'm, I want to I want to, um, there's an amazing book um, that we do in Zoe and I did when I was a student that Jake probably taught called Training for Raining and talks about, you know, being faithful in the natural, like uh, mowing your lawn and paying your taxes. And I want to be, uh, reflect Christ in that natural, but then I want to reflect Christ in the spiritual and um, everything we do has a spiritual element. I'm not a parent yet. When I'm a parent, I need to prophetically parent. What does that mean? It just means being sensitive to the voice of God that says something in the soul and the spirit of your child isn't okay. Someone's speaking words in their life that are going to shape them in a way that's going to hurt them. And if you, if you miss that, if you're not aware, there's going to be damage. But if you can hear it, if your spirit is attuned and awake and alive to the voice of God, and that's, that's what being prophetic is, just hearing the voice of God, then you can actually parent better. And that will help them in their education. It'll help them stay out of trouble. And the same thing in business, man, for our business people, so, so important. There's so many voices and things. But um, I think it was my dad that taught me this saying, God sees around corners. And so if I'm a person of the spirit, I can hear God really guide me and, and be motivated differently. 
And that goes in a whole other thing. But when you do things for the right reason, you don't regret it later. And so when you're, when you're led by the Spirit, you do the right thing at the right time in the right way. And it doesn't always make sense in the circumstances. But later you go, I'm so glad. It'd be like that company that chose to be equitable. And then they find out that there actually was like a, a sting, a news operation. They're like, I'm glad we didn't rip our customers off. You just always do the right thing. You don't have to you know, look behind your back. And so walking in the spirit is a big part of that. That's good. Man, there's a lot of gold in there. That, that was awesome. Um, that's so good. I, lo- I love what you said, though. You kind of connected it to different areas, like being a parent, being a business person. I know watching today on the live stream, there's a gamut of people, a full range of people from young to old, from uh, you know rich to poor, from business to working for someone else, like all different types of people that are valuable and worthwhile, but there's being healthy spiritually matters for everybody. This is not something that's like, oh, it's great for pastors or it's great for people that are uber Christians, oversaved. No, it's, it's not, it's not like that. And, and it, and it really um, is a part of who you are. You did a, a great job talking about that. It's woven into, you know, who you are as a, as a person. So that's, that's awesome. All right. So next question, is it possible to thrive spiritually? even when the world is in chaos? Yeah, absolutely. Um, is it, I think, is it harder? Totally. Like you're, I think that in this season and every season, we have to take the discount that our external factors will impact us, but they don't have to define us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even when the world's going crazy, um, it is possible. And it's, in a, it's, it's really so important. Because if, if, we, if we lose our heads as Christians, if we, the light of the world, the body of Jesus Christ, don't reflect him in this darkest of moments, well, who's going to do it, right? right. Um, so yeah, it absolutely is possible. And, um, and I don't know what any follow-up questions are. I think that they're, it's actually one of my favorite. Um, I'm a naturally sort of pessim- nervous person, I guess you could say. I'm, I'm a prepper. I'm a preparer. So in some ways. You may have noticed case, that. Potential. What was that? You may have noticed that potentially. Yeah, you, you may have noticed. You may, you may have, exactly. You know, the only person more paranoid than me. <laughs> yes, that's why I, I got to talk to Jake to find someone at least similarly closely. Yes. yes. So when things, and this is maybe a confession moment, but when things go rough, I actually tend to do a little bit better because I'm like, finally, some of the fears I've been preparing for are coming true. Now I get to like use my the tools. But in all in all seriousness. Um, when things are rough, there are some habits, there are some patterns that you can go to to sort of batten down the hatches, prepare the ship for turbulence, and and make it through, which survival is still victory. Living to love your kids, lead your business, lead your church, keep your marriage, so that when this is all over and when every season's over, that, that's a huge win, because when it's over and you, you break up that thing, and that's the devastation. There's still redemption that got you off that point, but you want to avoid it at all costs. So survival is still victory, but then what is, is interesting is um, when you can actually hold some strength in a hard time, you end up actually thriving, you end up actually getting opportunities, people actually come to you for guidance, huge evangelistic opportunity, huge opportunity just to serve your neighbors and your friends. Mm-hmm. When you have some peace, even if you're just a little bit ahead of them, you say, man, I was scared yesterday, I was freaking out about the news, but I prayed, I reminded myself of the promises of God, I looked back. And was reminded that the God I serve is a God who's been here through all of history and every crisis, every pandemic, every war, every famine. 
And he has always preserved Rim. He's always preserved his people. He's always faithful to answer those who call on him. And you can share that with, with your believing friends. And you can share that with your friends who aren't believing yet. And maybe that'll be what actually helps them start to believe. That's really good. That's awesome. What would you say some healthy habits, you know, just kind of going practical in this, what are some healthy habits you've cultivated or are working on or cultivating now um, to stay healthy spiritually, to thrive spiritually? You know, you can talk about it in, in crisis time or even just in peacetime, but what are some healthy habits that you'd recommend? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess key word there is um, you want to be a person that has habits. And I guess we all do have habits, just some of them are bad. Um, I, I have a habit of watching for bad. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> Most of my habits are bad. Uh, a lot of ours are right. Um, many times what I eat, the habit, I have a habit and see, see a little too much. I um, have a habit to watch a little too much TV, but what you want to do is there's some, there's, there's actually a book called the power of habit and um, you can use that part of you yesterday. I just moved houses and like three or four times I've driven, started driving to my old house. And I keep finding myself driving my old house because I drove to it for five years. There's this habit. There's this automatic thing. And so um, so having habits that are life-giving, that even if you actually publicly said out loud, I don't want to serve Jesus, but your habits reflected a life that would lead you closer to him, a prayer, a Bible reading, a worship, you could tell the entire universe and make all these proclamations, I don't want to serve Jesus, I don't want to serve Jesus. Don't do that because that would be an off way but your feet would actually carry you towards Jesus. Because it isn't what you say, it's what you do. And words are a huge part of confession. But um, if, you, if you get in the habit of, so for example, for me, I have kind of a morning routine. And Pastor Jake has actually helped me with this and some of his stuff, I've, I've kind of copied him. And so, you know, when I wake up, um, not Jake doesn't have this exact routine, but when I wake up, I, um, I listen to the Bible. Um, I just find that I wasn't always getting my Bible reading done when I um, would sit down to read. I, I should be more patient. I should be more still, but I'm not yet. And it's better to do something than nothing. And so um, for the last probably year, and it so helped me, I listened to my Bible reading plan, which is a yearly plan. Then and so I'm brushing my teeth. I'm making my green smoothie. I'm, li I'm listening to the Bible. Then I'll, I will um, sit down for about 10, 15 minutes, and I'll read, just scan what I listen to. I'll read it, and I will then do a journal on it. And there's just, I think you guys have a similar thing where you'll, you guys do some journaling, Pastor Jake? We haven't really talked about too much. We do teach, you know, like in um, Rocket Fuel, when people go through Rocket Fuel or um, – uh, I think in purple book or different things, we'll talk about some different journal stuff, but share, share what you're, what you're saying. Cause I think this will be valuable for people to, to adopt this. Yeah. So we, we um, got really inspired by Wayne Cordero at, at Joy Church Medford and we kind of just adapted the, the terminology, but we have, um, we do REAP, R-E-A-P. And so I'll, every day I write, so I write on my um, iPad here. I go in there and I, I write a title of my, of a thought I had for the day from what I read in the Bible. And then I, um, under R, read, I put, I just copy and paste or you could type it in, the scripture that really stuck out to me. And then I examine it. Here's a thought about it. Here's what I think Jesus was saying. And then I apply it to my life. And I'll just pause there for a second. One of the biggest things that I'm so passionate about is that our faith touches our real life. Yeah. The most, I honestly think sometimes the most holy thing you can do is just allow what God is saying, what Pastor Jake's preaching and the team's preaching to touch your Monday morning, 
to actually come out and it doesn't be uber spiritual and it's external to come out in your, in your staff meeting at work, to come out when you clock in for your shift. And so that's so beautiful is that when you're journaling, it goes right there. What is your application? How are you going to apply? It's not just a Bible study. It's how are you going to apply this? And then you just put a prayer. And my prayer most days is just God help me. Help me. Help me, help me, help me. I need so much help. And yeah. it's, it's kind of this humbling, but it's a beautiful process. So I'll, I'll, I'll be quick here, but I listen, then I journal, and I try, I'm trying to do that. My old pad, pattern was about four times a week. I'm trying to do it more. I'm trying to get up to seven. Um, and it's just a journey. I'm, I'm working on that. So I'll, I'll journal. And then I actually have a morning declaration is what I have it all do. Right? And I got that from Jake, I think. I've written out some of the just things that God thinks about me. Right. And I just, I'll just speak the life of God, remind myself what God thinks about me. One of the things is I'm loved by the Father, and in caps I put, I'm not in trouble. How many of us wake up every day feeling like we're in trouble with God? Mm-hmm. And when you think you're in trouble with God, you run from Him. Instead of accepting, I'm saved, and so I, I, I remind myself this almost every day, I'm saved by grace, I'm loved by the Father. And, and because of that, then I'm going to lean in. And when I'm leaning in, I'm growing my spirituality. Those are, those are a few habits. I love, um, I love taking walks. I love getting out in nature. It's probably my favorite thing. I've done that for a long time. Um, find something that works for you. That'll be, do you have any habits that you do that maybe I didn't mention, Pastor Jake? Well, I mean, I think that's, that's amazing what you said. I mean, I think I, I actually do listen to my Bible. Um, uh, the same way that you do. So I wake up, my routine is I wake up, I go make some coffee. I got my second cup right here in the fave mug. Bethany and I fight, don't really fight over this mug, but this is a favorite. The old, she traded an old guy for this at a coffee shop. She worked at the guy would come in and get it filled up anyways, off topic, but I'll get my cup of coffee, <clears throat> black coffee. Come on somebody. That's what real men drink. And, uh, put some hair on your chest. I, uh, I sit down in, in the chair and I typically listen to uh, you know, that daily Bible reading. Um, I also use a Bible reading plan that goes through the Bible in a year. And I think that's a good amount of content, especially if you're, if you're going to listen because you want to like sit in the word of God, you know, it's about 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, maybe less some days, uh, listen. And then I will typically do, um, rotation of either journal or prayer or write down notes, or sometimes I just read the scripture, but a lot of times, you know, just like you said, that highlight of one particular verse or one thing that God speaks to me. And, um, that, that's, you know, really that, that healthy spirituality. I wanted to to just put a pin in what you talked about with the, um, with the declarations, because I think this is an area where most people, I would say 99% of people do not do this, which is to basically declare some things over your life. And you use the phrase and it's exactly right. What does God think about me? Yeah. You know, if, if we would spend five minutes a day thinking about what God thinks about us, that would change everything. Our insecurity, our fear, you know, I love what you said. God is not, he's not, I'm not in trouble. <clears throat> you know, I think that is a, a huge thing and that, that's going to go right into this next question, but just to, to, to sit on this for a second, um, that is a, a great thing. I, I think that more Christians don't preach the gospel because they need to preach it to themselves first. Yeah. You know, look yourself in the mirror and say, I am saved by the undeserved grace of Jesus because I don't deserve anything. I'll take it all. You know, and like you said, those declarations, God is not mad at me. I'm not in trouble. Um, I am, you know, I, I have a declaration. I say I'm a beloved 
and treasured son of God. You know, um, I, I will, I will say, you know, when we're talking about declarations, we're not talking about like in your head, we're saying out loud, you know, say it right, Gene, like you say it to yourself, Often, yeah. do it in the shower. Like I am a beloved and treasured son of God. I am an emissary and an ambassador of the kingdom of God. Everywhere I put my feet uh, is a, is, you know, I'm taking authority for the kingdom of heaven. And like you get out of the, out of five minutes of, of those types of statements, you're going to be bowed your chest out. Like you're going to be spiritually, you know, elevated. So somebody's listening to this right now, you're going to do this tomorrow or tonight or today and whenever you're watching this and it's going to change your life. So can I have one thought on that? I think of my spirituality and my life very much like sort of on a scale. And I'm either moving towards the plans of the enemy. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He, he wants to mess my life up. And, my, and life tends to actually go towards destruction. It tends to devolve. I tend to get lazier, less compassionate, less caring. Or if I'll do my daily disciplines, if I will seek the Lord, then I'm going to move towards not, not salvation-based um, workspace salvation, but just as a son of God, looking more like him, I'll move that direction. And, and so, yeah, these declarations, they help me do two things. They, they, they pull me away of my draw towards, towards the plans of enemy. I'm less likely to go make a bad, sinful, immoral decision after I've just reminded myself who I am. And I'm more likely and more motivated to actually go pursue the things of God. I, I really, with our students, I've been talking about that, um, we really are heirs of God, princes and princesses. And so you start to ask yourself, is this becoming of a prince? This becoming of a princess? Should I, if, if that's who I am in God, would I do that? And if the answer is no, then don't. And if the answer is yes, well, then dive, dive in. It's that reminder. I need it every single day. I probably should need it twice a day, but I'm just doing it once because I forget so quick who I am. I beat myself up and the enemy beats me up. And sometimes mean people beat me up. And it's usually me. It's usually me inviting it, it myself. But I need the voice of God to recalibrate me again and again. Come on, that's that's good stuff right there. All right, people, listen up because that is gold. You know, I, if you get that in your life, identity declarations and centering in Christ. I mean, that that's really you're going to be healthy spiritually. So many things are right when that is right. Yeah. Awesome, Gene. Well, let's jump into a couple more questions and then we'll, we'll wrap it up here and send people out their connect groups. Um, so real quickly, let's talk about guilt. Um, I know with spirituality, especially if you're already a Christian and you've been with Jesus, you know, journey, journeying, following Jesus for a period of time, guilt creeps in. Um, where it's like, I didn't read my Bible today, or I missed my prayer, or I should be doing, I ought to. And all of a sudden, an ought to becomes this, this weapon against us, whether it's internally or, or whatever. I mean, it always is internally. Um, so let's talk about guilt and how that impacts our relationship with God and our spiritual habits. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first I would say, and Jake, Jake Pesh, Jake knows me, so I think he's aware of this. Guilt has been a battle in my life. Guilt has been something that um, has has been a war since honestly, probably like eight years old or even a little earlier. And and what I've it's so it's, it's been a war. But what's great is as is that while I'm not fully victorious every day, um, I, I think I have a story to share. I think I can you know, do it, maybe a few thoughts. And I want you to know that there's hope. That guilt is not God's plan. 
guilt isn't, you don't have to live in guilt or anxiety or shame for the rest of your life. That's not what heaven is, and that's not what earth has to be. And God has, has really done a work through um, in me to, to free me of that. And, and um, the thing about guilt is it really, it doesn't, the scripture, a scripture I, I've actually put down here is Romans 2.4, and it says this, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? The kindness of God, the love of God is there to, to draw us. And, and guilt, on the other hand, it so often motivated me to run from God. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get close to God, but I felt like I needed to shower first. Literally, sometimes for me, guilt literally showed up as me washing my hands multiple times. Like just this feeling of, I'm, I feel icky, I feel dirty. There was no mud, there was nothing on my hands. But I felt like I needed to get clean before I could come before God. Instead of the idea of Jake Peche talked about of preaching the gospel to myself and saying, Gene, you're not clean on your own. You, you have plenty that God could be mad at, but he loves you. He's not unaware. God isn't squeamish about our sin. God isn't this person that's never stepped out into the real world. He's literally stepped out into it. He was literally broken and abused. And I, I say that Christ was sexually abused in the sense that he, was, that he was shamed and put naked up on the cross. I would think of that as, a, as an abuse in his own right. He knows every part and every brokenness. And so he, I have to remind, guilt separates us from God. Whereas what it's, there's that conviction that, that, that leads us to, to come back to God, but then we have to receive grace. Many times we go from conviction to guilt. We get stuck in guilt. Instead of I'm convicted, I start running, and I need to go just directly to the Father. Yeah. I, hope, I don't know if I'm making sense, but I hope I am. I, that, that, that first pang of I did wrong. I'm not okay. That's healthy. That's good. But we then get bogged down. I feel like it's the enemy comes and stops us before we can get to the Father and says, yeah, I'll let you to the Father, but first you need to work on yourself for like 50 years. First, you, you're so, you're, he wouldn't love you. He wouldn't accept you. Yet we invited me. No, he didn't mean that. And that's the lie of the enemy. I think we have to just like stiff arm him, right? Like a big uh, duck uh, football player, just stiff arm the enemy and run right to God. I'm a husky, the, husky. the devil's a husky. You just stiff arm him right there. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, just say, God, you see me. You know, all, you know my own parts. You know my brokenness. But here I am. And so, um, man, guilt, guilt sucks. Can we say it that way? Guilt's not healthy. And it's so deceptive because you, keep, you think you're being righteous. So many times I thought that if I would just dwell on that thing, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that that was doing something. It was just spinning my wheels. Real repentance, stop. Let the, let the thief thieve no more, steal no more, lie, lie no more. Stop it. And, and then it just happened to me a couple days ago. I was dealing with guilt, and I just realized I've repented. I just, if God wants to me to do anything further to make this right, he'll guide me. But now I just need to get back to thinking how great my life is and, and praising God. Because otherwise, actually what happens is when we stay in guilt, we stay so close to our sin, we're so aware of our brokenness, we tend to fall back into it. Absolutely. I'm already a drunk. I'll have one more drink. Right. I already look at things online. I'm just going to look at another one. Right. I'm already a jerk. Everyone already thinks I'm a jerk at work. I'm just going to be that man. Right. No, be sorry for what you did. 
and then go back, no, I'm a kind, compassionate, caring, thoughtful leader in my workplace. I'm a great husband, whatever that might be. Yeah, that's awesome. So good. Well, Gino, I really appreciate it. These are amazing thoughts. And I, I, I really pray for everybody that's watching and listening in, whether you're watching live or on the replay, like re really respond to this today and, and don't just let it be, oh, I heard this interview, watched, went to church, saw this message. Like these are our hard won lessons, you know, both the ones that everything that Gino said, I mean, I can say from personally knowing him, yes, he has worked through these battles and fought these and is a good example of someone who is not arrogant about it, but is walking in holistic health and pursuing it. Like, nope, we're not, nobody here on this call, neither Gino or I is going, we've got it down. We're oh. all, in fact, when I, I'll tell you something about Gino, when I asked him to do this, he's like, well, I'm not an expert. I'm not, you know, I don't think I'm the best person to talk about this. And I'm like, well, that's, that's why you are the best person to talk about this. Cause I, I think having reality um, about, about where we are and recognizing we're always a work in progress, but there's grace. Mm -hmm. I love those thoughts about guilt. You know, just don't, don't sit in the mud when you sin, run to the father, you know, that, uh, that, that's what my song approaching is about the, this beautiful idea. I mean, I think one time it just overwhelmed me that verse <laughs> Hebrews where it says, come boldly to the throne of grace with confidence you know, in time of need, like we can run to the father. He's invited us to approach him. Gino said it. He invited you. The enemy is going to try to tell you, you've got to do X, Y, Z. And the reality is it's like getting sick and being all bummed out about how sick you are. And the doctor's right there going, Hey, I'm, I'm ready to help you. And you're like, well, no, I need to feel bad for a little bit more, you know, time before I come to you to get healed. And so the gospel is the antidote. The gospel is salvation. The gospel is health. It's health in every area of life. And so instead of sitting in guilt, let's run to the father. So as we move in uh, to the next uh, phase, you know, I'm going to turn it over to our host uh, today, but I just want to encourage you to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's the only hope and answer. And he is so faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Gino, thank you so much for your, your golden thoughts, wonderful wisdom and appreciate you. I love you. And uh, we'll see you soon. God bless you, Joy Church. Love Pastor Jake. Love you guys. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was incredible. Um, definitely a message that I'm going to be watching again, listening to again. Um, I encourage you to do it as well. If you were listening to that, and I don't know, that was an incredible message for a salvation call, right? Every single Sunday, we give an opportunity to pray and ask Jesus to be Lord of our lives. And throughout that entire message, I was just hearing call after call for us to come to God, right? And so today, I want to give you an opportunity. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you haven't trusted him as your Lord and Savior, now is the time. Don't wait another week. Don't wait another moment. Just like Gina was talking about that guilt and that shame sometimes where we feel like, oh, once I clean it up, no, right now's the time. And that's exactly what the gospel is. It's the good news that Jesus did it all. And so it's through faith. So I uh, have this, this uh, verse I want to read to you guys. It's Romans 10, 9 through 10. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you're saved. So right now is an opportunity for us to openly declare the faith that we have in our hearts. So I'm just going to pray and you can pray along with me. God, I thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. I thank you that through faith we can just believe in you. 
and, and you can take your, our sins upon you and that we can walk in a new life. God, I thank you that you've given me new life. I confess my sin. I know that I fall short of your amazing, glorious standard, Lord, and only you can save me. So Jesus, I just confess today my sin, and I ask you to be Lord of my life. I declare, just as Gina was talking, that, that you are Lord, that you are God. And so I thank you for your grace and your mercy in my life, and I thank you for this new life that I get to walk in. I want to walk every single day with you. Amen.